With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. You know what it is, man. It's Wednesday night. It's 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. This is Brandon Stubbs, and we are live here on Punch the Face Radio. I appreciate you joining me here this evening. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk some uh, WBC boxing and some of the things that there's going on with some of the fighters. Uh, we're going to talk some um, World Series of boxing. They've got some things lined up that are looking good. Uh, we're also going to have Lamont Sullivan from Four Champs Promotion uh, calling in as well, talking about what they got going on. But actually dialing in right now is matchmaker for Golden Boy Boxing, Roberto Diaz. Now, let me lay this out here for you guys. A couple of weeks ago, I sent out the tweet uh, stating that Golden Boy was maybe in promoter's hell. Well, Mr. Diaz kind of thought I was kind of bashing Golden Boy, which was not my total intentions there. So I invited him to come on as a guest to to talk about uh, what was going on and what was being said. So uh, without further ado, right now, Roberto Diaz, matchmaker for Golden Boy Boxing, is live on Punch the Face Radio. Brandon, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, and, and it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Well, no, well first off, it's a pleasure uh, on our side because – you know, I want to make sure that I make this clear. I was not bashing Golden Boy in that regards. I, I've given a lot of money to Golden Boy in regards to being a boxing <laughs> fan, so I love your product. Let me, let me just like make that clear. Uh, so it's Thank no, you. it's no Thank beef you. or anything like that. No, 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 and I didn't take it that way. I didn't take it that way. But you know, obviously, after a week span, um, well, a lot of a lot of the attention went to the losses and going into the fights at times, you know what you're going in against, but it's the fights that one, you know, the fans want to see two, the fighters want, and, and that are good for boxing. We went in one week span. We worked with four promoters on three different networks and four world title fights. When they're world title fights, you've done your job really of the, the grooming of the making of the bringing up, you go from prospect to the world title challenge. It's now the training wheels are off. Now it's you. Go get it. And the majority of times you hope you come back with, with that victory and that win and, and, you know, make it bigger and stronger. But it's not always going to happen if you're doing 50-50 fights. And I'll go back to that week. It started off with Linares Lomachenko, a fight that everybody said we weren't going to make. It wasn't going to get done. The, the beef between the promotions, uh, the timing, that, we got it done. We got it done. Once once we cleared the path for the timing schedule and it wouldn't conflict with our other fights, it got done. 
And going into the fight, how many people did give Linares a chance? Not many. I did. I loved our chances. And I said, look, you guys are going to see that Linares is one of the top fighters in the world. And we came up short, but it was a great fight. Lomachenko got dropped. Uh, Linares was in it. It was even all the way towards the end. And, you know, he, he, got, he got caught. Hats off to Lomachenko. He is a great fighter. We knew that going in. But that's part of the, that's the beauty of boxing, giving those 50-50 fights. Joseph Diaz and Gary Russell, we knew he was the best featherweight in the division. It was said before the fight. He came up short. But JoJo learned from that fight. Like I'm sure the next time around, whether it's Gary or whoever it is, he'll become world champion. But those are the fights that keep boxing at the high level. Saddam Ali, he's a warrior, man. He's a warrior. You know, a lot of a lot of criticism was given there with Saddam. He beat Miguel Cotto. He becomes, a, you know, obviously a legend regardless of where Miguel was in his career. And people say he should have gone back to 47 after winning the title. How do you tell a champion, vacate your title and go search for a new you know, a new title? Yes, that's the lie you would think, you know, that should have been no choice. No, because you're a champion. You win the title for a reason. You took a risk. Yeah. Liam Smith was the next opponent. You know what? We loved it. It was the mandatory. Two weeks before he falls out, now you're scrambling around, and a couple of the first offers that were that were thrown their way, they was like, no, 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 not not him, not him, somebody else. And when they came and said, what about this Mungia kid? It was like, whoa, wait a minute, why Mungia? But that shows you the champion, the heart, and the mentality of a, of a fighter, of a real fighter. You know what? They've called back and said, hey, uh, can you get us a rematch? And obviously now... Mm-hmm. You got to appreciate that from a fighter's standpoint. You have to, because that's a real fighter. Now it's our job, management, trainer, promoter, to say, hold back, look, now we can go to 47 and then start a new path there. And, you know, they said uh, Azat losing to, to Ray Vargas. Well, about a year ago, nobody would have even thought Azat fighting for a world title. You know, in a year's time, he was in there, came up short. I think it was. I, I watched it last night for the first time, and I love the fight. It was great. It was entertaining. Azat might have won some fans, even with the loss. He'll grow. He'll get better. He'll learn. And Ray Vargas, got to give it to him. I mean, the guy's going to be very difficult to beat in that division with that height and reach advantage that he has. And the kid will brawl. He'll brawl. He doesn't just box. So boxing seems to be the only sport where, you know, on a basketball, on a football, in a baseball, they, they have a slump, a losing streak, and hey, there, there could be some changes here and there, a coach here or there, but you know that after that slump, it's over. You, you get over it. In boxing, it's like the only sport that the fans are never happy. If you put in a kid where you, his opponent's overmatched, they complain because it's a mismatch. If you put in a kid too tough, oh, they, they set up the kid. If you put him in a 50-50 fight and it's a war, instead of coming out, wow, what a great fight that I see. Oh, they're not, you know, he won't last for two more fights like that. His career is going to cut short. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the fight. Let's enjoy our sport again. 
No, and I, I completely agree. You, you just kind of hit on every point because us boxing fans, and I, I got to say this as a fan first, we're, we're a fickle bunch of people. Uh, I think that's something you know any boxing journalist can admit to. We are very fickle. Uh, we, we we get what we want, and then we want more, and we be gr- we're greedy about it. And, and, and so sometimes that's the downfall of the sport. But that that's kind of this it's the makeup of it. it. It's we want more. We are always clamoring and wanting more out of the fighters, more out of the promoters, uh, and not really you know living and accepting and enjoying the moment that we're getting in hand. So I, I agree with you. Now, now, a question I do have for you that is, you know, Golden Boy does have some young stars uh, that you guys are really starting to build, one in particular being Ryan Garcia. But, you know, the, the question I, I posed to the Facebook group is, you know, that they wanted to know from you is, who are some other guys that we're kind of seeing on these L.A. Fight Club shows, uh, some of the ESPN cards that you're really excited about that you think can maybe be that next breakout star like Ryan Garcia is doing right now, maybe for you guys this time next year? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a group. I mean, we have a, a large table, but there's a, 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 a group there that I'm really excited about. And, and remember, it, it, it's all in phases. We went through this many years ago when Adrian Broner, Danny Garcia, Deontay Wilder, the Charlos, they all came up through Golden Boy from the beginning of their careers. A lot, a lot, a lot of the young fighters, Danny Jacobs. Um, but right now, this group, Alexis Rocha, a young kid from Santa Ana, uh, younger brother to Ronnie Rios, very exciting, very good. Outside of his age, he's so young, but he's very mature, very composed inside that ring. Um, Virgil Ortiz from Texas. Another one that has me very excited. The kid has real power. We have an announcement, his upcoming fight. It's, it's going to surprise a lot of people because Rocha, Ortiz, these are fighters that are going to move a little bit quicker than your average fighter. I mean, Rocha is, I think he's now 10-0, 11-0, something like that. He's already going into his 10-round fights because they're working hard in the gym. They're showing me in their fights that they're ready for it. They're, they're not coming gassed out after six rounds like they're not doing the road work. Uh, Lamont Roach from D.C., we went to Puerto Rico, fought for a WBO title, came up short with a draw. Everybody saw him win. Look, I, I, I call it what it is, even to my guys. I'm the hardest critic to them. Look, this is wrong, this is right, you lost, you got to – I tell it how it is. And Lamont won the fight. Without the knockdown, he won the fight. The knockdown that wasn't called a knockdown – just sealed the deal. And when we got the decision to draw, I was upset. I was upset because it's that's the ugly part. You're taking away all that hard work. You're taking away that dream. You're taking away that accomplishment. But it's not taking away. It's only holding it back for a little bit. It's, it's just momentary. Now, for you, you know, as being the matchmaker, you know, how hard is it for you to balance uh, you know, giving these young fighters, you know, a step up in competition, but not giving, you know, throwing them to the wolves to where they maybe get exposed or, or, or maybe a little bit over their head that they're maybe not totally prepared for. But you still want to make sure that these guys are getting the proper challenges they need in order to progress and continue to grow as fighters as time goes on. You know, it's all a balance of patience and teamwork. Uh, you know, you, you have to work with management. You have to work with a trainer. You have to work. They have to trust you, too. Um, there's times where 
no, no, we want to go faster or we want to go slower. And, and there's a balance. If you go too slow, do they regress? If you go too fast, do you crash into a wall? So uh, a lot of times you just hope they trust you and, 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 and accept your guidance. You're not always going to get the acceptance 100%. You're going to have a little bit of pull, give and take. And you just got to learn to deal with it and, and, and hope that at the end of the day, it's progressing. Um, Ryan Garcia is a, a great example. Ryan Garcia, we, and I'll say we as because I, I include myself as a fan as well. We as fans, and you hit it earlier, uh, we tend to forget on Ryan Garcia that he's 19. We, we just see, we forget the age, and we start seeing hey, he's making a lot of noise in boxing, whether it's through social media, in the ring, what he's doing. He has something special. And that's, again, what I say. Let's enjoy the moment. You know, um, I heard when, when, when one of the – that's a good example. Deontay Wilder beats Luis Ortiz. How long has it been that America didn't have a heavyweight champion for so long? And here comes Deontay, an Olympian, undefeated, high knockout percentage, and knocks out Luis Ortiz, King Kong, the guy they said he wouldn't fight, he wouldn't beat, he wouldn't. And he beats him, and right away, well, can he do that to Joshua? <laughs> Again, it's like it's never enough. It's never, if he knocks out Joshua and then there's nobody else, well, well, well could, would he have knocked out Klitschko or Larry Holmes? Or That's the thing. And going back to Ryan, is 19 years old, doing a hell of a job, more advanced at his age right now than many other even higher ranked and bigger fighters. Some champions are not as known. But we got to remember he's 19. So the Jason Velez was a fight that I made personally because I said, I know Jason. Remember, we used to promote him alongside with Miguel Cotto. And I said, this will tell us a lot. If Ryan could knock out Jason in the two or three rounds like he's been doing the other opponents, then, oh, my God, I'm going to be like, wow. And if he can't, that's not a bad thing. It's going to give him that those rounds of experience that he could have been later in his career. He, he needs to get them out. Not everybody can go out in one or two rounds. So we got that. We, 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 that's what we got. We got ten rounds of an education, of an experience, and now he can take to the gym, learn from, and come back in the next fight. Now, as far as progressing, I would like to see the next fight that he does a lot of the things that maybe weren't done in the Bellas fight, that now I start seeing, okay, look, he's learned, he's pushed, he's now doing this and this and this one, and then that's how you go to the next step and the, you know, the following steps and maybe find... Uh, a former world champion or, a, or somebody that's fought for a world title in the past and grow that way. Now, I'll ask this, you know, when not having a Canelo event in May, did that, you know, maybe kind of slow down some of the momentum or, or maybe even, you know, minus the stage that you guys would have been a part of, but that being a big event uh, to help you get some of these other younger talent to get more more media attention, more eyes on them. Granted, I know you guys still had the Friday Night Fights card uh, with Garcia on it, but you, you missed that big mega event that we're used to you guys doing every May and every September. With losing that this year, did that, you know, has, has there been any kind of momentum slow down there in the Golden Boy office? 
Well, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said no. Of course, it, it, it was a it was a blow to to everybody. I mean, especially to the fighter, to, to Canelo himself. Um, I know him very, very well, and I think it was just uh, a misfortune because I know the fighter. He's, he's probably today the most tested fighter in boxing, and for this to have happened, I think it should open up more education on what and how and when these substances affect and all over the world. Right now, we're, it's this. We don't know what in other countries might be common, but it may be on a list of bad substances. We don't know that because we don't live there. But until it really happens and, and it happens to you, then you start learning and taking more precautions and taking more notes. So, yes, it was a blow. I mean, not having a big May event, not having uh, the, the, the fight that the fans want happen in May, okay, but it's like anything. Life, you got to move on. You got to look forward. You got to move on to the next. And, and hopefully in September it gets done and what we didn't do in May gets done in September. And, look, I'm very confident in what we, we can see. I mean, it's going to be a great fight like it was the first time. But I think both fighters will take more risks in this one knowing that they want to prove to the world they're the best. And I can see one outcome. I can see Canelo knocking out Golovkin without a doubt. Well, as someone who was out in May in Vegas this past, you know, this year and was disappointed I had no fight to watch, I already have my vacation planned for September. Nothing's been booked yet. <laughs> there you so go. So I pray to God everything goes right. That's the there you go. The saving grace this year, though, in May, since there was no fight to watch, I did end up spending more time at the casino. I actually won money. So it was a blessing in disguise, but I want to be out there in September watching the fight. So I hope it happens. I want everyone to get on the same page. And if you can please tell Oscar to stop tweeting. Please, Oscar, stop tweeting. We'll be able to get the fight done. <laughs> you got it. I sure will. Well, Mr. Diaz, I appreciate you taking out time, coming on the show. Like I said, man, it's nothing but respect for what you do as the matchmaker for Golden Boy. What Golden Boy does as a whole for boxing, uh, it, it's nothing but good things ahead. you got a lot of young talent. Uh, for example, here on June 1st, we got a show, L.A. Fight Club. Uh, that'll be able to be streamed uh, online through Ring TV, and as well, if you're in Los Angeles, you'll be able to watch that. And then June the 8th on ESPN, there'll be another card featuring Diego De La Hoya uh, back live in action. So I appreciate what you're doing, Mr. Diaz. You're welcome back anytime to come on the show and talk boxing with me. Uh, you're welcome, yes, my brother. Thank you. Thank you very much. Don't miss out. June 8th, the co-main event. That's something special. Travel Maison from Texas against the Juan Paulo from out Florida. It's going to be a very, very good fight. That's the co-main event for June 8th. And June 1st, I'm glad you touched about it. June 1st, Velasco. Our main event is two local kids from L.A., Molina and Roman. Neither of them are Golden Boy fighters. Both of them have been knocking on the door to get signed. Both of them took the fight to prove they're willing to fight anybody in order to get signed. That's that's going to be a fight because they have a lot to lose, a lot to earn, and that's a fight the fans don't want to miss because it's a fight that they're bringing everything to win. And guess what? They may both end up with Golden Boy. I mean, who knows? When when you fight with that determination and heart 
and show more than talk about it. Many say, oh, I'll fight anybody until the contract's in their face. Just sign. These guys are proving it. They're willing to fight each other. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you all the time. And then anytime, let me know, and I'm, I'll be happy to be on with you guys. Anytime. Absolutely, man. Thank you again. Roberto Diaz, your matchmaker for Golden Boy. Thank you. All right, so yeah, so there we have it, man. Golden Boy Boxing still churning, still moving again. They got two cards coming up here. Uh, again, uh, you'll be able to stream the June first card on her on Ring TV, and then we got a card here featuring Diego De La Hoya on June eighth on ESPN. Now, <clears throat> now I think our next guest is actually calling into the show as well. We got back to back guests. This is what we do for Space Radio. Uh, so we do have uh, one of the partners here for Four Champs Boxing, Mr. Lamont Sullivan. Uh, they are bringing boxing back to the Midwest. And, uh, you know, submit West guy myself. I got to appreciate that. Uh, so right now you're live here on Punch the Face Radio. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? All right. I'm doing great, my man. I appreciate you joining us and uh, taking our time to talk about what's going on here with Four Champs Promotions. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, I'm excited to be on here and spread the, spread the news about what we got going on in the Midwest. Uh, absolutely. Now, uh, you and three of your, your friends, you guys started this promotion up. Uh, you know, why, and I always ask this to promoters, especially you know, people who are starting up and getting in boxing. This is a crazy, bizarre sport with a lot of weirdos in it. Um, why get in the sport of boxing, especially on the promotion side? Well, uh, in, inspired by uh, our high school classmate and then my other business partner, Damon Howard. Damon Howard and former heavyweight world champion, Layman Brewster, are our first cousins. So that's where that dynamic comes into. And then me, Layman, and Damon actually went to high school together. So we all met up around the age of 13, 14, 15 years old. And uh, when Layman wrapped up his career and came back home from L.A., we just put our minds together and we were just talking about some stuff we wanted to do. Damon is a former veteran. Layman had just retired, and I'm moving into the twilight years of my uh, military career. And we were just trying to – put our heads together to see what we could do uh, to do something together because we all wanted to work together, and, and, and boxing ended up being the one thing that we could all do, and we had the ultimate person to lean on, which was Layman, uh, to kind of guide us through this process. Now, not only are you guys doing boxing promotions and putting on events out there, but you're also working on the, you know, working with the community. You're putting on workshops. You're working with the youth. You know, how important is that aspect of this, this, this journey and this, uh, this process that you guys are going through that you're not only just putting on events and trying to be a business, but you're also trying to give back to the community that you guys are from and live in? Well, it's, it's, it's paramount to what we do. It's, uh, it, it actually comes first. Uh, Damon Lehman and I come from Hallville, which is a notorious low-income area on the west side of Indianapolis. So where we came from, uh, matter of fact, our uh, high school was uh, rated the worst high school in a row. And Damon was probably one of the last classes to actually graduate from Washington High School before the state, before the state actually shut it down. So where we're from, we, we, know what a, we know what hopelessness looks like, and we also know what it's like to come from, come from the bottom. And uh, me having a full-time career uh, in the military and watching women become an Olympian, a Pan Am, uh, Pan Am medalist to the Olympics, the USA boxing team, 
is moving out to Hollywood. So we know that people can do it no matter the circumstances. So it is uh, of utmost, uh, utmost importance that we get out there and we uh, we preach that to everybody. Let everybody know. It don't, it don't matter where you come that uh, you got a chance. Now, you know, where do you see the promotion going you know, you know, if you if you had a plan to maybe lay things out, because you you guys are putting on a lot of shows and you're building momentum. I know you're, you're selling out there uh, in in the Indianapolis area. You know, where do you see this promotion being at? You know, three years, five years, ten years from now. Well, um, good question. By the way, very good question. Uh, Damon and I we talk about this a lot, and we draw a layman in sometimes to make sure we've not lost our asthma. Uh, where we want to go, sometimes you get lost in the woods, and you don't. You have to raise up out of the woods to see where you're going through the trees. So, a lot of times we have these internal conversations. Damon and I being boots on the ground, we ask ourselves, where do we want to be? And being that we know that Indiana up here, the most part of the last decade has been an opposition state. Uh, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, they've come and, and, and taken our fighters across the border and beaten the hell out of them and sent them back with these lopsided records. So I would say uh, the last four years have been just trying to turn the market around and, and uh, introduce A-side, B-side to Indianapolis and, and, and orchestrate and navigate uh, these guys who, you know, trying to craft, like, the, like the, the gentleman that you had on previously, trying to craft their ballots so that we can get them winning records, uh, which means next year, our goal this year was to get fighters to about 8 and up. Uh, all of our fighters that we have, most of them we have picked up, about 75% of them we have grown from their, from their very first fight, and we picked up some that are half fights along the way, so our goal this year was to be around 8, 9, 10, and up. And then next year, be ready to step that up and then elevate these guys, and within the next two or three years, have a roster of guys from top to bottom, you know, 8 to 10 guys throughout the whole spectrum from heavyweight all the way down, uh, currently, we're looking at a bantamweight fighter as well. So we want to be able to fight championship caliber fights every quarter of the year from here on out in the next three years. That's a solid plan. Now, you know, you, you're saying you, you're cultivating and you're growing these fighters here internally, but you know, one thing that seems to be, as far as I'm concerned, being a Midwest guy myself from Kansas City, uh, we don't get enough shine as far as Midwest boxing goes. It, it just doesn't seem to where people recognize that. There's talent out there. Uh, you know, how important is that to not only, you know, build that market there locally, but to make sure it's nationally known that there is talent here in this area and talent in the Midwest and making sure that's projected out to the rest of the U.S. and the rest of the world? Well, I don't think we have to do very much. Cincinnati stole the, Cincinnati stole the country's attention for about a year and a half, two years before AD really took the show out on the road to Las Vegas. And I think for a while everybody was chasing the West Coast because Floyd and that whole thing that he and Al Heyman then was doing out West, it was pretty lucrative, and that's where you really want to go um, if you were that type of fighter. Uh, Damon, Damon Howard, uh, he's the, he handles most of the matchmaking and stuff like that. He's got connections all over the world. He's handling that side of the house absolutely beautiful, uh, beautifully. So him navigating and doing these types of things is, is, is expanding our reach and giving us credibility, our matches. He's making matches for, for different companies and doing things like that. So that helps and gives us credibility uh, as far as building our infrastructure. 
And then what we're trying to do here uh, commercially and producing fighters and, and getting fighters known, well, that, that, that is a story in the making currently. But I do believe that we've got everything that we need here in the Midwest um, to build a powerhouse of boxing and bring them back. If you look back about 10 years ago, almost all the, all the world champions came from the Midwest. The Midwest used to just be a haven for world champions, to include Floyd before he went out west. So it's here, and it's still gritty. It's still blue-collar. The Midwest is what it is. Uh, I think with the, with the shine coming off Las Vegas and kind of migrating over to New York, we need a perfect pit stop uh, between Indianapolis and Chicago to build a market that's 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 just going to be dynamic in the next 24 to 36 months. Absolutely. Now, you guys are going to put on your next show here on June 23rd. Uh, for, you know, if people want ticket information, if you're there in the Indianapolis area, uh, they can go to 4chimpspromotions.net uh, for more ticket information for ticket ordering. But as far as that card goes, uh, you know, I know one of the guys who's also part of the promotion, um, uh, Willie J. Jr., is going to be fighting on the card. Now, is it difficult to have, you know, one of the, your partners that's helping you out with the business Watching him fight, is it one of those things to where it's just you don't want to see him get hurt, but you also want to see him put on a good fight to entertain the crowd? Well, Willie is fine to us, but Willie, Willie isn't the owner. So Layman is the other. Layman is the third part of four camps uh, as far as the, the operational piece goes. He's a, he advises us, and we go to him for inspiration and just advice. Uh, you know this, this is shark infested water and boxing which you alluded to earlier. Um, but Willie, is, Willie has been there with us from the beginning. Um, we kind of, he kind of, he, he implicates, and we talk about it back and forth. We call it, we booty called each other as far as boxing. And here recently, he just signed with Four Champs to come on full-time with us so we can go ahead and grow his career from here on a full-time basis. Um, it's, it, it's hard for the heavyweight because it's, it's a coveted thing. And a lot of people will tell you as the heavyweights go, they'll be the most consistent throughout their career because they have that longevity. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's fun, but it's definitely a lot of work. Damon has the hard part, um, matchmaking these guys and making sure everything is in place. So as far as that goes, I kind of have the easy part with the operations and setting up the show. I kind of get to do the fun stuff. Um, I get to drive the car, and Damon is like the engine. So that, that's how that works. You see, one thing I, that I love about what you're doing is you're, you're shouting out, you're making sure everybody gets their shine. And so, so many times in, in, in this genre that we're part of that I've seen promoters come and go is they don't give everyone their shine. They're just due who's actually helping to make the company run. And it sounds like that you guys get it, that everyone has their duty, everyone has their title, everyone has their role, and we want to make sure everyone gets credit for that. And that's really refreshing to hear. Well, I mean, I, I I wouldn't be here without him. Um, I wouldn't be here without him. So um, he's actually on the call right now, Damon. Yes, sir. How's it going, everybody? What's going on, man? Man, no, I'm sorry I came late, but I had, I had 20, 24 young little men I had to attend to. They ran me over a little late. Sorry about that. Apologize. 
Well, no worries at all, man. I, I'm really impressed with what I'm hearing about what you guys are doing here uh, with Four Champs Promotions and, and trying to make sure you bring exposure here to uh, the Midwest and, and to boxing there, not only in the Indiana area, but, you know, hopefully growing it. And we got fighters here in Kansas City. Please give these guys some exposure at some juncture in time as your promotion grows. Now, um, you know, you have this event here in June. What else is mapped out and planned out for the rest of 2018? We have an August date, and from that point on, we're, we're pretty much our hands are on a couple of deals that we have in place with a couple of casinos. Uh, once we get notification on if they're going to go use us as a promoter, and uh, then we can pretty much map out the fall and winter part of 2018. Uh, but we believe we're going to be in there doing doing big shows in the casino, which is going to elevate uh, elevate our production and our, our platform and what we're trying to do. So we'll, we'll be in position uh, to showcase everyone in the Midwest. That's why our series is called Midwest Boxing Showcase, because we knew we were going to grow it to what it's going to become, not to what it is today. Absolutely. And, again, man, fans, if you want to get tickets here to the June 23rd show, again, 4ChampsPromotions.net is where you can get all the ticket information and get your tickets there. Uh, fellas, man, I appreciate you joining me here on the show and bringing spotlight to your promotion of what you're doing. Uh, let the fans know because it's big. Social media. What are the social media sites to where people can get more in touch and follow what you guys are doing, especially upcoming shows that you have here later this year? Uh, they can reach us on Instagram at 4ChampsProMos, at Twitter, Instagram. Uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram are both 4ChampsProMos. And then Facebook, of course, is Four Champs Promotions or Facebook slash Four Champs Promotions. Uh, if anybody needs anything, uh, if they can't get it off there, they can reach out to Amy Green, the publicist. She'll take care of anything else that we need, any information that you need that you might not be able to find at the website or anything like that. So don't hesitate to reach out for, uh, reach out to us because uh, we're more than welcome to speak to anybody. And uh, we're just trying to be here. We, we want to be a bright spot in boxing. It's not a whole lot of those, so we want to be one. We want to make sure that we're in uh, we're in the right light. Absolutely, man, and I, I I got nothing but respect for that because we need more positive stories, more positive people in the sport of boxing. So, uh, fellas, I wish you all nothing but the best uh, in what you got going on, and, and definitely hope that this is something that flourishes and continues to build in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Uh, because boxing always needs good promoters, fighters always need fights, and you guys are there to help make that happen. Hey, can I can I throw a couple things out real quick? Can we get out here? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I want everybody to be on the lookout for our heavyweight. His name is Willie the Snake, Jake Jr. Uh, seven to one, and looking to making a whole lot of noise right now. And then we got Javar Superstar Jones coming out. He was an All Army Gold Medalist, Golden Glove, State Champion. He had a hell of an amateur career, and he turned pro with us. And uh, that's going to be the main event, the co-main event, June the twenty-third. And both of these guys are going. They, they're just ready to step it up. I know they're. Uh, they've been stepping on the gas, and we've been kind of throttling them, throttling them back a little bit. But we're getting ready to cut these guys loose and step it up next year, and we're gonna make some real noise. And they're gonna be the ones that's leading the charge. Well, absolutely. Well, fellas, man, as the promotion grows and you do more events, you're always welcome back on. Uh, shout out to our friend Amy Green. Amy Green's good people, and she's a friend of the show. So, hey, man, Four Champs Promotions has a home here on Punch the Face Radio whenever you guys need it. Thank you. 
Appreciate it. All right, no problem. No problem, fellas. You guys have a good evening. And again, uh, June 23rd, if fans want more information, 4champspromotions.net is where they can find out about ticket information there to go watch the card live. Uh, watch some of the Midwest uh, up-and-coming talent. Uh, box live and in person there in Indianapolis area. So, uh, again, Lamont, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking boxing with us. You have a great night. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, so again, man, 4chancepromotions.net is where you can get more information about their June 23rd card. Um, you know, hey, man, we need more promoters, man. We need more, especially here in the Midwest. Midwest is kind of a uh, it's kind of a dry area uh, in regards to boxing promotion, in regards to just getting events here in the Midwest. We just don't get them. Um, so if we have anybody building and trying to show and grow uh, some young fighters out here and giving these guys a platform to do it, and they're treating them good and, and doing it the right way. You know, God bless them, man. We need that in the sport of boxing. We need that here in the Midwest because uh, we get no shine. We get no events. We get nothing. Everything goes to Vegas, L.A., Texas now, and New York. So we need stuff here in the Midwest uh, for these fighters to have an opportunity to showcase their talents on. So uh, shout out to Four Champs Promotions and, and wish them the best of luck uh, going forward. So, uh, you know, you know we're – 35 minutes into the show. We've already got two guests on the show. Um, but you can still be a part of the show. You can call into the show tonight and talk boxing with me, area code 929-477-3165. Uh, tweet me at Brandon P2TF. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So Roberto Diaz, Lamont Sullivan, uh, both coming on. Appreciate both those gentlemen coming in, coming in and talking boxing with me here this evening. Um, like I said, man, sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble. So, you know, Mr. Diaz uh, took it light on me, but I appreciate him doing that. And like I said, man, I've given Golden Boy a lot of money over the course of the last few years. I got no problem with him. I, I wish him nothing but the best. And we need Triple G Canelo to happen in September. God, we need that fight to happen. We'll talk a little bit more about that here a little bit later here into the show. But um, a couple of topics that I do want to touch on that mm, kind of not set well with me. One of them actually involves Triple G Canelo. So we might as well just get into it now. The WBC has decided they want to flex a little bit on people here in boxing, and I can't appreciate that. Now, they're a sanctioning body, yes. Uh, are they maybe the most popular belt amongst all the championship belts? Yes, the green belt is always the most coveted belt there is in boxing. The problem is sometimes they can overstep their bounds just a tad bit. Now, so far this year, the, we've gotten on Deontay Wilder about you know his title defenses and who he's defending the belt against. That's why we saw the Luis Ortiz fight. Uh, you know, they got on Adonis Stevenson about him not fighting mandatories, but they were okay with Badu Jack because he was a titleist uh, at 168 as far as the WBC goes, so they gave that their blessing. But, you know, they've been on fighters. So this week, they've kind of went a little bit extreme that I don't 100% agree with. Now, it's a pretty good chance after I make this statement here, uh, statement here and if they see it on Twitter, I'm probably going to get blocked again here by a uh, – uh, Mauricio Suleiman Jr. But hell, this is what we do here on Punch the Face Radio. Now, this week they've decided to do two things that I thought were in extremely poor taste and really kind of overstepping their bounds. Now, Luis Neri has been has had some issues. Um, you know, he had some drug testing issues uh, last year in regards to a fight, uh, and then when he fought again earlier this year, or was it late last year? I, memory serves me correct. I want to say it's. Um, earlier this year, he had a missing weight. He had a missing weight for a fight. Now, what the WBC decided to do is we're going to suspend him. Now, 
a sanctioning body suspending a fighter doesn't really mean much as far as I'm concerned. When they're suspending you, that means subsequently you can't fight for any of their belts. That's fine. Um, I, I get that, but he's not actually s- suspended by a country, a state commission. He's not suspended by anybody. He's suspended by the WBC. So his promoters, effort promotions had planned on him fighting and actually having a fight here next week, June 9th, uh, down in Mexico. But the WBC uh, said that they were extremely disappointed and issued this long, elaborate statement um, pretty much stating that they um, they wouldn't do it. Now, let me read this exact quote here uh, here from the WBC. Uh, along with his representation – maybe that's not it. Let's see. Um, yeah, so Zephyr uh, Promotions informed WBC uh, Bantamweight World Champion Lewis Neary will not be fighting as announced. Um, and Neary is waiting for a resolution here with the WBC uh, to fully comply with their guidelines, which he committed himself to. So because he ended up getting suspended here uh, in March by the WBC after uh, having some issues with them, he stated that he would not return to fighting. You know, he would be – he'd set out. Uh, he'd work something out with them. Uh, they were suspending him. So they were going to come to some sort of conditions or or some sort of actions. Now – his promoter wanted to keep him busy. You don't want to just sit on the shelf. I mean, the guy is a was a champion. Uh, yes, he had some issues where he missed weight uh, for his fight. He came three pounds over the limit. Uh, he fought anyway, and um, you, you know the fight still went on. And he, um, you know, he won his rematch here in March. So I, I get what the WBC is doing. They're trying to stand by principle, but I really think. Uh, Neri's promoter, uh, Zephyr Promotion, should have done the fight. They should have kept going. Now, so what, you know, he might not have been able to fight for a WBC title. The political pressure that WBC holds over people, especially Mexican fighters, uh, it's a shame because they hold so much power in boxing to where they can pretty much – they can lock out a promoter uh, in regards to their fighters being able to fight for any of their championships. And the WBC title is, you know, widely recognized as being the belt in the divisions. And like I said, especially in Mexico, that is the most respected belt of them all. So I thought it was really shitty of them to do that and put the pressure on this guy who's just trying to fight and make a living and, you know, subsequently getting his fight canceled. Well, WBC wasn't done there this week as well. You know, as we were talking about with Roberto Diaz, there's ongoing negotiations between Canelo Alvarez and Triple G and, and both sides. Uh, Triple G has made it clear that he wants a 50-50 splitter extremely close to it for the rematch. Um, as we know, as Oscar De La Hoyas tweeted out, that's not going to happen. They are standing firm by their position. Uh, they're willing to move on and fight guys such as Billy Joe Saunders or, or – or, <laughs> uh, um, who else did they throw? I think they threw out Charlo's name. They threw out Daniel Jacobs and also, of course, Michael Sutherland, who signed to Golden Boy. So, you know, Golden Boy's ready to move on. Now, where the WBC overstepped their bounds this week is when they said and tweeted out and stated that Triple G should take Canelo's offer. They should take these terms. That is not for a sanctioning body to tell a fighter how to conduct business. You don't do that. You know, who are you, a belt holder, a, a, a belt, a title, who are you to tell the fighter 
how much money they should take, what they should do as far as business negotiation goes for a fight. Because what happens if Triple G says, okay, no, I don't want your belt, and just drops it. You know, there goes your sanctioning fee, WBC. He still has other belts. So it's not like it's, you know, paramount that he has to have the WBC title. Hell, ask Canelo how that works. He dropped their belt because he didn't want to have anything to do with them, their sanctioning fees. But yet and still, uh, you know, WBC continues to kiss his ass in regards to that. But I thought that was just an extremely poor taste for the WBC and Mauricio Suleiman Jr. to make statements and comments like this, stating a fighter should take another fighter's offer to make a fight. It's not their place to say that. It is by no means their place and their position to say that. Unless they're willing to chip in some money or waive a sanctioning fee for the fight to happen, they need to stay out of it. Um, if, they're, if they recognize Canelo as being the top contender and that fight can't be made, they can make a suggestion of, okay, if you're not fighting Canelo, you can fight blank to defend your championship, which they've already done. They've already said that if Triple G doesn't fight Canelo, he needs to fight Charlo. Uh, who would be the next in line. So, you know, I, I they can say that, but as far as you telling a fighter what to do from a business aspect, that's a bad look, WBC. Bad look, WBC. So I got to give you this. You can't go out telling fighters and telling uh, promoters what they can and can't do in regards to um, going out and booking fights. That's just not a good look. So I'm not really impressed by what they're saying. So WBC, I, I can't rock with you right now. It's not a it's not a good look to do that here. Um, it's just not a good look. So uh, yeah, yeah, not liking that WBC, not liking that. But you can give me your opinion by calling in the area code nine two nine four seven seven three one six five. Also, feel free to tweet and follow me on Twitter at Brandon P two TF. Um, and um, let me know what's on your mind here this evening. So, um, we got a caller calling in right now from uh, from Jersey. So, Jersey, you're live here on Punch in the Face Radio. Brandon, Adam Bromwitz, how are you, sir? What's going on, Adam? So, first of all, great rant on WBC, completely deserved 100%, but I was interested to hear, you know, there's so much smoke with Golovkin, Canelo going back and forth, the split, you know, Oscar saying silly stuff, and everybody's talking about which way to go. Will this fight be happening this year? You know, I got the vibe in talking to to Mr. Diaz that I think they're going to get it done. I really do. I I think that, you know, you, you tweeted out something that I thought was interesting that it may end up kind of sort of happening. You know, what if the other promoters freeze Canelo out? You know, what if that were to happen? Because we've already seen Billy Joel Saunders or Sanders, as, as De La Hoya once enunciated as, has already said, yeah, nah, go about your business, Canelo. I'm, I'm doing me. So there's already one guy who's minus away from that. So, I mean, what other big payday is there out there for Canelo at this juncture besides Triple G? If he can't challenge for another championship, it's got to be – uh, Triple G is being the fight. Unless he's willing to step up and fight Charlo, which I think would be insane, there's no other fight for him to make besides Spike O'Sullivan. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I go back and forth. I think I think they really want it to happen, but I think it's going to get messy, you know. I'm completely if it doesn't happen. Let me put it to you that way. I think enough good matchups in the division where – 
you know, if it doesn't happen, so be it. But, you know, I, there's this real bad blood here, and I just don't see it um, ceasing in the next few weeks. I, I think it's going to come down close to the wire. But, I mean, they got time on their side. That's the bright thing, you know, bright side about it. They don't have to announce anything right now. Uh, if we're looking, yep. if we're talking about Canelo not being, you know, off of suspension anyway until September, they've got time. So I mean, it's not like they have to get it done. Uh, you know, in, in hearing Tom Leffler talk that they are still kind of mapping things out. There's no, you know, definitive timeline that Triple G wants to fight uh, in regards to fighting again this year. You know, if he if everything goes as planned, he would still like to fight two more times this year. But they're not really on a deadline crunch. You know, they still have some time to work with. So. I think we're okay now if we get to this time. I mean, you know, if we get to late July and we still have nothing, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yep. All right, sir. I will uh, I'll talk with you next week. Just want to say hello. Keep up the good work. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. And, again, Adam will be back on the show next week. He'll be with me the entire show. God knows what we'll be talking about, who will join us. But uh, it's always fun. It's always informative for you, the fight fans. So, Adam, I appreciate you chiming in. Now, I, I know you got to call in last week and chime in on uh, on Broner. You, you got the stage if you want to say, say something in regards to Broner. Yeah, I, I just – it was just that whole, you know, him showing up Eddie Hearn like that. And, and uh, you know, I uh, – <laughs> you know, what's that? You know – it's like the million dollar talent and the 10 cent brain, you know, it's just, uh, even if he didn't make a contract, you know, I mean, Eddie needs fighters, you know what I mean? He needs fighters so badly, just negotiate. I just don't understand why he went about his business that way. I mean, it's just, you know, he's not a young pup in the game anymore. And, you know, you never know. There's strange bedfellows in boxing. You know, you never know when you might need somebody, you never know, if Eddie Hearn has a fighter who has a belt that Broner wants. I mean, it's a small world. It just made no sense for me to see him go out on, uh, go at Eddie Hearn like that. Uh, it's just, my God, I just don't know why has nobody talked to this kid or why doesn't he listen? You know, it's just, I, I was just so flabbergasted last week. I, I just had to like talk to some more people about it. I, it was just such a strange circumstance. You know, all the guys trying to do is pay you. You know, very weird. Well, you, you said, you know, Broner and making sense are something that we never correlate together. So it sounds about right what he did. It, it just, it seemed fitting. Yeah. It seemed really fitting, unfortunately. I, I mean, it's just so weird, though, because it's like all he could have done is just been quiet or, or negotiate privately. And if it really was about the money, all right, well, Eddie Hearn throws another, what's another million in this deal? What's another million and a half to this deal? Do you know what I'm saying? Like he, the first person that signs with Hearn is going to get a fantastic deal. And so it just struck me as a really weird set of decisions from, from Broner. Again, Broner making sense makes no sense. Adam, you're going to give yourself a headache. Please don't do that. You got enough stuff to worry about as is. Like us trying to decipher what Broner is thinking and doing, it, it, it's, it's just going to give us more gray hairs than ages, brother. Fair point. Fair point. All right, sir. Be well. I'll talk with you next week. All right. See you next week, Adam. All right, man. Take care. All right, and again, man, you can make sure you uh, follow Adam on Twitter, SN Boxing, also the Facebook group, SN Boxing on Facebook. 
we we had a lot of fun there. You know, I, I get a lot of uh, a lot of interesting questions when we have guests on. We make sure that we post uh, who's going to be coming on the show. Uh, so you, the boxing fans, can submit questions to us to ask the fighters, to ask the promoters. So uh, make sure you join the boxing group SN Boxing on Facebook. And again, follow Adam on Twitter SN Boxing and uh, SaturdayNightBoxing.com. Adam writes a lot of great pieces. Read them. Uh, another uh, fighter that I know Adam extremely loves and is a fan of, and I'm growing a fan of too. Um, early Friday morning last week, literally I'm missing the fight because I was on my commute to work. Um, uh, Anoy in a way, I probably butchered that, but whatever. Um, he, he captured another title, and this guy's a flat-out killer, man. Let, let me just let me just keep it real. He's only got 16 fights. Uh, but he is remarkably same way, kind of the same situation as uh, Vasily Lomachenko is. You know, in the short amount of fights that we've had of him and that we've seen of him as a pro, he just goes out and he he destroys. You know, in a way, his nickname is the monster, and it's for good reason. Uh, he ended up challenging for the uh, WBA bantamweight championship. That's after he moving up uh, from junior bantamweight. And first fight, challenging for a championship, and it took him all of, you know, a minute and some change uh, to knock out a very sturdy and very durable uh, Jamie Mc, McDonald. Excuse me, Mc, was it Mc, McNeil? Mc, Mc, I'm still getting it wrong. Mc, uh, Mc Donnell. Um, he ended up do, uh, taking Jamie out. Uh, round and some changes, you know, minutes some change in the opening round, uh, body shot, then a hook, and he was just overwhelming, uh, Jamie there in the fight, and you could just tell that he just had really no chance. Uh, once Inouye sees his opponent is hurt, he goes on the attack, and I don't think a lot of American fans really grasped it to him like they should have. Uh, his lone fight here in the States last year when he fought on the Superfly card, uh, he did uh, defeat Antonio Nuevez. Uh, it took him six rounds to do that, but you know I think fans didn't see him jump on him early enough to where American fans heard about the hype, but maybe didn't see truly the fashion of what it is. Uh, when the guy fights over there in Japan, it seems like he's just a completely different guy. He's destroying guys and in rounds. Uh, this, you know, he fought uh, a guy here at the end of last year. He only took him three rounds to knock him out. So, in a way, is literally one of the scariest guys in boxing today. Uh, granted, he is only a junior bantamweight, but let's face it, you know, no matter what weight class you are, um, you can be a killer. And this guy's definitely a killer. Now, what's going on with him now is he's going to be doing uh, the World Boxing Super Series. He's now going to be a part of it. Now, this looks to be a really, truly, and honestly stacked lineup here uh, that these guys are all going to fight at here in the bantamweight division. I am, I'm really excited about it, and you know, there's going to be a segue into something else here in regards to World Series of Boxing, uh, World, excuse me, World Boxing uh, Super Series. But it, it really shows that this is something that you know it kind of felt gimmicky when it was initially annu uh, uh, announced. But it's turned into being legit. And, you know, in a way, being a part of this, this next crop uh, just shows that um, it's going to be big. Now, he's going to be a part of it. Um, I'm trying to find out here the other fighters. Uh, so already in the tournament is Emmanuel Rodriguez. He's the IBF champion. Uh, the WBO champion, uh, Zonin Teat, uh, is also part of it. 
uh, the WBA super champion, Ryan uh, Barnett, is also part of it. So you have now adding in a way to that, you have four guys who own championships here in the division. You know, there's no chance this tournament sucks. And I think it's going to do so much to bring light and make one of these guys a, a true superstar in the world, uh, not just in their respective country, but I think in the world it's going to make them uh, big stars. Now, the, the caveat to that, to I thinking it really turning whoever wins this this tournament here in the Bantamweight division a true superstar is if it gets on American television. And right now, there's no American television deal here for the World Boxing Super Series, which is a shame. Uh, a lot of us have to stream these fights through uh, their YouTube page or through their Facebook feed or through their online website. And, it, you know, when you're streaming things, sometimes it can get sketchy. Uh, I do know when they had a couple of fights uh, through their website earlier um, earlier this year and last year, the website crashed uh, during some of these tournament fights. So it's a shame that, you know, no one here in America wants to sign up and air these fights. Maybe there's hope with the ESPN Plus app. Maybe that's something we can see happening there. They are picking up fights left and right, uh, just like they did with Inouye's last fight here uh, on Friday morning. So there's a chance that we could see something like that there on the on the app, and I think that would be amazing and be a real good look for boxing fans because we're starting to draw to this app. Uh, it's starting to look really legit. Top Rank is adding more fighters uh, and fights to it. So we'll see. We'll see if that's something that can happen, and that's something we actually get here in America. But, uh, you know, in a way, he's the guy. I think he'd be the odds-on favorite to win the tournament. But uh, we shall see. But that won't kick off here until later this year. Now, speaking of the World Boxing Super Series, uh, there is a fighter who's been on the shelf since his last fight that's finally medically cleared, and we're finally going to see him uh, finish off the tournament that he started, and that's George St. Groves. Now, he ended up hurting his shoulder, dislocating it, um, I think it was like the last round against his fight against uh, Chris Eubank Jr. Um, he f- was able to win that fight via unanimous decision. He was in control of the fight the entire fight. Uh, you know, to Eubank Jr.'s credit, the kid stood tough. Uh, he was definitely over his head in this fight, but he didn't quit. He didn't give up. He wasn't mentally broken. He kept going. He kept trying. He kept pressing. So, you know, kudos to him for that fight and for that performance uh, against George St. Groves. But Groves ended up hurting the shoulder, and it was looking like the fight against Cullum Smith here for the tournament final uh, here in the 168-pound division uh, was either going to get completely canceled. Uh, there was talk about Eubank Jr. replacing Groves, uh, but luckily that ended up not happening. Groves is now healthy. He's now back to training. The word is is the fight is going to happen sometime either in uh, late August or September. Uh, that fight is going to go down for the championship here for the Ali Trophy in the 168-pound division. So George Groves is healthy. Colin Smith's been sitting there waiting. Uh, it's long overdue, but uh, I think it's, it's once we get the fight, it's going to be a hell of a fight. Uh, and I think it's going to be the correlation of showing George St. Groves is uh, he's not washed like I kind of thought he would be going into the tournament. Uh, that he is the the guy to beat now at 168. Now, whether he stays there or not uh, is debatable. Whether he maybe goes up to 175, I don't know. But, you know, I think he's going to beat Kellum Smith once the fight does get scheduled to happen. And uh, he'll be the champion there at 168. So uh, looking forward to that. But that will be here later this summer. Uh, so thank, thankfully, uh, Groves is healthy. 
and is now going to be able to continue on in that tournament go. Now, as far as the Cruiserweight division goes in that tournament final, uh, that's still up in the air in regards to the World Boxing Super Series. No news on that yet, uh, which is unfortunate, but we know eventually it will happen. Uh, it's just more of a question of when and where, and um, yeah, when and where it will happen. We'll see uh, in regards to that. So we're talking about a fighter coming off of injury, now, unfortunately, one of our favorites is now injured, and that is one Vasaldi Lomachenko. Lomachenko ended up tearing his labrum in his shoulder, uh, in his right shoulder. Uh, I think he said around the second round when he fought uh, Jorge Linares here earlier this month. So he fought nine rounds, ten rounds or so with a torn labrum. Now, if you're not familiar with what a labrum is, that's one of the joint muscles in your shoulder. Really, it, it, it's your movement. Uh, it helps uh, parallel your movement, being able to just flat out have any sort of flexibility in your arm. Um, for him to tear that and continue to fight, crazy. Um, that's an injury that a lot of people, they, they can't deal with. There's a lot of pain uh, that's involved with that. You'll sometimes hear that happening with um, with quarterbacks in the NFL. If they get sacked, they go down and get kind of their shoulder slammed into the ground. Uh, they'll tear their label that joint there in their uh, shoulder that way. Uh, you sometimes hear about pitchers in the in Major League Baseball. Uh, they'll tear when they're uh, pitching. So for a boxer who's ex- constantly extending their arms out, for him to tear that and be able to continue to fight on for, you know, like I said, nine to ten rounds, that just goes to show you Lomachenko is a machine. Uh, he is quote-unquote high-tech. This guy, is, he's legit. He is the truth. A lot of lesser fighters would have quit, a lot of top-notch fighters would have actually even quit as well because the pain might have been too much for him. Uh, but a kudos to him to not only fight on, but to fight on in um, in, in spectacular fashion. I'm saying he fought nine to ten rounds with the I think it was lesser than that. He actually fought with that. But nevertheless, fought with the torn shoulder. Got to respect that. Uh, so Lomachenko, man, get well. More than likely, he won't be back now until December. Uh, what that subsequently means here for the division um, is everyone will probably get an extra fight before the day of reckoning comes. Um, Ray Beltran is probably the main guy that maybe um, benefits the most from this. He'll be able to get another title defense. Um, we'll have to hear the, the backlog story of him uh, fighting for his uh, residency here in America, so we'll have to hear that here one more time. Um, before the Lomachenko fight, but I look for the Lomachenko fight to be Ray Beltran's, uh, you know, opponent at some juncture, whether it be the end of this year or the top of next year. Uh, I look for top rank to make that move, but I look for Beltran to probably get another fight in, uh, another maybe mandatory title defense before he fights Lomachenko in a unification bout later this year or early next year. Uh, so top rank's got it rolling, man. Top rank is really doing some uh, some good things with that now. Also, as we were doing the shows, we're doing the show here tonight, getting it prepped. Uh, there's word coming out that the Charlo brothers have both been offered contracts from Top Rank, uh, and that's something they're going to look into after their respective fights. Um, you know, I, I kind of speechless, but not really. Now we know they both have also received offers uh, from Eddie Hearn, as Adam had said here on the show before. You know. Eddie Hearn needs fighters, you know, for this new app, for this new product he plans on launching here to boxing fans. He needs more assets. He needs more fighters. And the guys he's talking about signing or has signed really aren't going to put eyes on the screens and butts in the seats. So he's going to need to make an impact and sign somebody, whether he's able to get the Charlo brothers or a Charlo brother. That would be really interesting. 
I don't see those brothers splitting up. I see them trying to work together and work with the same promoter. Um, it, it would be strange to see them part ways. Granted, now they have both different uh, trainers. They're, they're training in different places, uh, but they're both benefiting and they're both flourishing. But from a business aspect, I don't see them uh, going different pathways. I think they're going to do what makes the most sense for both of them financially together as a family and together as a package because when you say the Charlo brothers, you think of both of them. You don't think one above the other because, quite honestly, we can't tell them apart, but they have that sort of impact. When we see both of them together, uh, we see these guys talking, we see them in action, we respect the Charlo brothers. We don't look at one brother above the other. So I look for them to stay together as a package deal. You know, they were, if they were to leave, it kind of makes you wonder a little bit what's going on in regards to the PBC, in regards to Al Heyman, uh, will Heyman still get a cut somehow? We don't know how any of that will work. Uh, but we do know that um, these guys have been offered contracts. We know um, Adrian Broner has been offered a contract. And he's turned it down. And Lord knows who else has been offered a contract. Maybe Hernan is just maybe setting on the low and simmering. So um, it's going to be an interesting summer, I think, in regards to fighters leaving Al Heyman PBC. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting before this year's out. Who's still there, part of that promotion um, umbrella, and who's still uh, rocking with Al Heyman? It'll be interesting because there's money to be made by people. And I also look, and I, and I said this, and I, and I honestly believe this, Golden Boy's going to become a player in one of these signings as well. Uh, they need talent. Uh, they need. They just have one star right now in Canelo Alvarez. They need more and if they're able to swoop somebody up that they think is maybe right now maybe mid-cart talent that they may be able to build up into a star, you know, I think they're going to make that move. They're going to make that push. I don't see them overpaying for anyone, but I definitely see them taking a flyer on a, a fighter uh, who, you know, may be flying on the radar there at the PBC and just maybe needs a larger platform or more of a machine behind them to take it to that next level. But we're going to see some people leaving ways there in, in regards to PBC, but I think before 20. 18 is out. I think we're going to see a big name leave. You know, I would have said if it wasn't for the deal getting done with Danny Garcia, Deshaun Porter would be the guy, but it looks like that's not going to happen at least immediately. And if he signed the contract to fight Danny Garcia, there's probably some sort of options there for PBC and Al Heyman to keep him there. So we'll see. But uh, at the end of the day, it, it's weird in regards to some of these signings, some of these guys who are associated with PBC and what's going on there. But, uh, We'll see, man. The Charlo brothers have put that out there. They've gotten offers from both Top Rank and from uh, Eddie Hearn. Interesting time to be a fighter, man. It's time to cash in uh, if you can. So I can't knock anyone for that. Uh, you know, see, there's really nothing else here big in boxing. You know, it's kind of a kind of a slow time. You know, there, things will kind of pick up here next week, and obviously the weeks following. We've got a lot of uh, big cards coming up. Uh, Errol Spence is uh, finally going to fight in his hometown. He's going to have a hometown fight uh, where he's going to be defending his championship. Uh, we have Terrence Crawford versus Jeff Horn. That'll be the ESPN Plus app. So we got fights coming up here. Mainly next week is when things kind of start picking back up here for us uh, schedule-wise in boxing. And that's why Admiral joined me on the show next week to talk about some of these upcoming cards. Uh, so, you know, this week, again, kind of a quiet week. You'll be able to watch. Golden Boys card, uh, the LA Fight Club card. You'll be able to stream that through ringtv.com as well as Strella TV if you have that. So you'll be able to watch that. Um, 
And then really beyond that, man, a quiet weekend in, in boxing. Uh, we'll have a card on BN Sports down from Mexico. Uh, I think there's a couple local cards um, in Jersey going on. But everything picks up here next week. Uh, you'll have L.A. Fight Club, Tom Leffler's 360 Promotions. will put on a fight out there in L.A. You'll be able to stream that through ringtv.com. Uh, like I said, then you have the card uh, on ESPN2 next weekend, uh, Diego De La Hoya fighting. So you'll be able to see that. And as well, Mike Lee will be fighting with CBS um, Sportsnet. And we have the Terrence Crawford fight. Uh, and again, Leo Santa Cruz, Abner Mares, and Charlo versus Trout. And the return of Tyson Fury also next week. So uh, we will have a lot of fights to talk about, a lot of fights to break down on next week's show. Out of all of them, I'm probably the most hyped about uh, Tyson Fury making his return for the simple fact of I don't know what version of Tyson Fury we're going to see. I don't know if we're going to see, you know, a fat, lazy guy, if we're going to see a lethargic guy, if we're going to see a guy who's taking the sport seriously and who's ready to become champion again. Uh, if you've not seen some of the sound bites, I, extru- I encourage you, follow Tyson Fury on Twitter. Uh, the comment that he made here this week is he can't sleep at night knowing that people think Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are better than him. And what that sounds to me is a fighter who is taking this seriously, and he his pride is a little bit hurt. Um, so I really granted he's got a he's got a can in front of him next week. Let let's just call it what it is. But preparation is a part of everything. You know how prepared he is, and how seriously he takes his opponent. We'll be able to see that next week, no, but no matter who he fights. So I am really interested to see how he looks next week. Um, so we'll definitely talk about that, his return. I think that's going to be phenomenal uh, and a good thing for boxing and really could bring new life into the heavyweight division because it won't be a two-horse race anymore. It'll be a three-horse race because what people fail to realize is Tyson Fury is still the lineal heavyweight champion. No one beat him. Uh, he ended up getting his belts taken from him or relinquishing him, however you want to describe it. Uh, no one beat him to lose his belts. Uh, he beat himself. So keep in mind he's still the lineal champion, folks. Uh, still holds that crown and holds that title here in boxing. But uh, we'll talk more about that here next week. Uh, again, make sure you're following the show. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Brandon P2TF. So if you listen to me for the first time, thank you very much. Uh, so listen to me. Uh, here every Wednesday night live on Blog Talk Radio, 8 p.m. Central, to, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, if you've missed the show, make sure you catch up on all of them at uh, iTunes and as well as Stitcher Radio. Just search Punch the Face Radio. It's always the number two, not the word two, uh, as we'll be doing shows here every Wednesday live. Uh, I also want to say something here to all my Twitter followers uh, who, who tweeted out and showed support to me here this morning. Uh, I kind of let a hater get in under my skin a little bit. Uh, in regards to something being stated, uh, you know, and, and, and saying a little show, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, this show isn't for everybody, but I made this show for everybody. This is a platform for boxing fans, uh, for boxing people in general, whether you're a promoter, you're a fighter, you're a matchmaker, shout out to Roberto Diaz, whether you're PR, no matter what you do, what aspect of the sport of boxing you're a part of, you're welcome here. This is a safe haven for you to come on and talk boxing and talk what you got going on. That was the whole premise of the show. That that's that's what Punch the Face Radio is. And you know, I feel some kind of way because this is my child. Like this is my baby. 
this is my this is my hard work. This is what I do. And when people throw shade at it, I do feel some kind of way. I'm supposed to. This is my product. This is my show. But I just want to say to everyone who, who gave me the encouraging words uh, here today via social media, whether that just be regular listeners, whether it be people in boxing, um, you know, there's some big wigs who, who reached out to me and told me keep doing what I'm doing, and I appreciate that. And you guys give me the momentum and the, the strength and the encouragement to do this every week. There's days, trust me, I don't feel like doing that at all, but once I start talking, all of that goes away. This is what Punch of the Face Radio is about. So I want to thank everyone for continuing to support the show, uh, continuing to subscribe and listen on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, listening to the show live, uh, and tweeting me and letting me know that my boxing opinions are pretty shitty sometimes. I love all that, and I appreciate all that. So I just want to say that here before we close the show tonight. So thank you to everyone. Uh, make sure you also uh, follow uh, tonight's guest. Uh, make sure you follow 4Champs Promotions. Their Twitter handle is actually pretty simple. Uh, it is, and I just had to hear, 4Champs Promo. Uh, so, again, their Twitter handle is 4Champs Promo. It's the number four, not the word four. And make sure, excuse me, 4Champs Promos. So it's the S at the end of that. So 4Champs Promos is their Twitter handle. Uh, make sure you give those guys a follow uh, to um, see what they're doing, man, to support their movement. Um, and as well, make sure you follow Golden Boy Boxing, follow uh, Mr. Roberto Diaz, uh, the matchmaker uh, of the, the, the conglomerate that is Golden Boy. So uh, shout out to both of uh, those parties for joining me here on the show tonight. Shout out to Adam Abramowitz for calling in. He'll be with me all show next week. So you know how me and Adam get down when we do the show. Uh, it, it will be a ball. We'll probably shame somebody of some sorts. Um, in closing, WBC, cut it out, calm down. Uh, Adrian Broner, please don't expose people on Twitter and on social media. Uh, get get the strap, as 50 would say. And speaking of 50, quit exposing Floyd Mayweather uh, for saying the champ is in his feelings. If you follow 50 on IG, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, until next week, man, as always, I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another, because it's the only way we're going to get through this. I am Brandon Stubbs, and this is Punch in the Face Radio. is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.